All righty. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is uh, the Guru and the Wiz are back for uh, a little bit more football talk. We've been off for a little bit here. We've uh, obviously are we are in the midst of unprecedented times. Uh, there's no sports. Uh, our, 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 our Brett and I are both here in the metropolitan area. We, I, I can say honestly, I would never have imagined life coming to a halt the way it has. We, we, we extend our best wishes to everybody out there. Certainly trying times, but we've seen, we've seen this country and we've seen New York bounce back before. And, uh, we think we can do it again. And, uh, you know, I, I, as Brett mentioned on the last podcast that we did, um, sports sometimes is a, is a, is a nice departure from things. And, you know, particularly we're talking about fantasy and, Today, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a departure from where we were. We're going to get back to our beginner series again. But uh, we thought maybe a good idea to give a, a little taste to our you know, more experienced people. And we'd love everybody to listen to what we have to say, as football free agency has been in uh, probably the only sporting event going on outside of uh, SmackDown Wrestling on Friday nights. Um, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about some of the moves that happened in free agency uh, certainly, some coaching changes. We may bring some of the NFL draft, some of some of the things that are because that's still expected to go on at the end of the month. And uh, Brett and I are going to talk a little football here to create a little diversion from everything that's going on. Good afternoon, Brett. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, it's April today. It happens to be April the first, and uh, uh, you know, normally, uh, if, you know, without these crazy times that we're dealing with, you know, we would start be turning attention to the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, I think we all try and uh, strive for some sort of normalcy at this point. So I think it's a, it's a good idea to try and, you know, continue to do those things. And, you know, the NFL is, is a juggernaut in more ways than one. I mean, uh, they said that they were going to go on with free agency and people said, ah, that's not going to take place, but it did. They've said that they're going on with the NFL draft on the 23rd to the 25th later this month, and that seems to be in place. Uh, all points uh, lead to that the season will start on time. Uh, you know, we hope that, that is the case, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea to start turning our attention to a lot of these uh, moves that have been made, and um, you know, you want to you want to keep on top of this stuff, and uh, when we get back to normal, uh, you know, it, it'll be good to, uh, to, to know that you've, you've, you've followed along and you've kept up to it. And, uh, I think you'll be, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of an advantage uh, for those that aren't paying attention because there has been a fair amount of moves and, uh, and certainly a fair amount of, um, uh, moves that are going to make a significant difference one way or another for certain teams. Yeah, it's, and, and, and I thought maybe the best way to go about it, and we kind of talked about this before as we were preparing, but you know, we're really going to combine a little bit of, of, of kind of the fantasy aspect of what we're doing because that's really what this podcast is about. And, and we'll intertwine some of our thoughts on, on, on football and, 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 like I said, uh, you know, maybe mix in some, some, some draft stuff into it. So, you know, let's, let's look at – we're going to start right, right off the top of a, of a division that's, that's really now up for grabs, and that's the AFC East. Um, traditionally, uh, a division where the Patriots are – Basically, the the team that's favored to win it, they've they've accomplished that feat multiple times uh, over the last fifteen to twenty years in the Belichick uh, Brady regime. Uh, that regime is now the Belichick regime now. So um, 
Yeah, so, you know, I thought we'd start there. And, uh, you know, we look at that division, and it is up for grabs. There's a lot of interesting things going on with the division. Uh, Buffalo made strides last year. Miami, I think, surprised all of us. Some, some of us thought that they wouldn't win a game, and, and somehow a ragtag group ended up winning five football games and picked up a heck of a lot of draft picks along the way. You know, the Jets are still in kind of rebuild mode. They kind of had to deal with a – uh, a mononucleosis to their to their young quarterback, so that kind of set things back there. And then you have the Patriot team that's going to look completely different than than it used to. So, so I guess we'll start. At, you know, we'll go in alphabetical order in the division. And we'll start with the Bills, who who made the playoffs last year. A lot of young talent made some noise in the in in the in the in free agency, where you know they picked up a real dynamic receiver, a guy that could kind of make a difference. Their offense was already kind of moving along. I think Josh Allen made some strides. And uh, so we'll look there. And, they, and, you know, they traded the first-round draft pick in order to do that. So they're not really thick in this draft with with picks. But but they did make a couple of key additions um, on the offensive side with, with a couple of guys on the offensive line. And, and, and obviously, Stefan Diggs being the biggest addition. I know, Brett, you're a Viking fan, so maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and what that means for the Bills. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to you uh, a little bit in the offseason uh, earlier, and I, I think, quite frankly, Buffalo smelling blood in the water here. Um, I think they were kind of like felt they were just about as good as New England last year. Um, the teams were very, very close. Buffalo lost a a real heartbreaker in that first round uh, wild card playoff game to the to the Texans, um, and and the Diggs thing certainly helps. And I I think you know the way Buffalo is looking at it is you know New England is taking a hit losing Brady and you know Buffalo signing Diggs. I think uh, most people realize that Buffalo probably has a top five, six, seven defense in the, in the National Football League. So if their offense could be a little bit more potent, I uh, kind of like Singletary. I think he's a, a you know a, a pretty good running back. He's not the quickest guy. He's not the fastest guy, but he certainly has tremendous vision. And I think Buffalo really wants to pride their game. Uh, with defense and being able to run the ball, and now certainly with with Diggs um, and and Smokey Brown, they have a one-two punch it at the receiver position there. And uh, I tell you, I think for the first time in I don't know how many years, twenty or so, I think I would make Buffalo the favorite to win that division. Yeah, probably probably not since the Kelly years, right? So I'm 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 in I'm in agreement with you. I also think you know Cole Beasley had a nice little year last year. Got into the had a little bit of a nose for the end zone. Uh, you know, he'd signed from the Cowboys the previous year. Josh Allen probably has to get a bit better. Um, in terms of accuracy, he, he, he certainly has the athleticism. He runs the ball. I don't know that you want to have him running the way you do, but I think you're right. You know, between running out Diggs, Brown, and Beasley, that sounds like an impressive um, array of talent at the receiver position. I agree with you on Singletary. Dawson Knox is a young tight end. I know Tyler Croft was someone they signed last year. He couldn't get on the field. I, I, and, I, and then you said – Combine it with this defense. This team's the favorite in the division as far as I'm concerned as we sit here pre-draft. And they're not going to be able to do a heck of a lot like we said in the draft because they they spent their first-round pick to, to bring Diggs in. So um, And they have an elite defense. They lost a couple of key players, but they, they brought in a couple of guys as well. So, um, yeah, I, 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 li- I like what they're doing a lot. I like what they're doing a lot. So, you know, I, I, w- I would certainly favor them. And I think that mo- moving on to... 
the next team in a division, and 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 that would be the Dolphins, and and, and we kind of. You know, we had joked around early last year saying these guys aren't going to win a game like we were saying. And, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, deserves tremendous credit. So does Brian Flores, for that matter. He, he got his team to play for him. They traded away some talent. They traded away Kenyon Drake. They traded away their 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 their, their, their top secondary guy last year. And, and now they are laden with draft picks coming in. They've made a lot of additions on defense, certainly. Um, signed Jordan Howard. I'm curious what you think there. And, you know, obviously they're, they're sitting there with all these picks. What are they going to do with yeah, that? I, I, like, I, I like Miami. I like a lot of the things they've done. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to just, you know, I know this is like a fantasy podcast and it's mostly about, you know, the skill players but sometimes the defense matters and it it, it actually intertwines with uh, an offense running the ball obviously if you know the more time of possession you have the ball uh the, the better for your fantasy players on offense and if your team is letting if the defense on the team that you have offensive players on is letting the other team control the ball the entire game you know it, it, it affects it so the, the one thing i wanted to just say about miami and uh this is going to be you know sound strange but i think clearly they have the best one-two cornerback punch now in the entire NFL with that signing of, of Byron Jones. And when you pair him, you know, with Xavier Howard, who's a really, really good cover corner guy, that's a really good one-two punch. I think the best one-two cornerback punch in the league. And, you know, the, the Dolphins' defense is going to be a lot better. As far as the offense, yes, I like – Jordan Howard, but I think the script for Miami has yet to be written because I think they have some crucial draft picks coming up. They have the fifth pick, the 18th pick, and the 26th pick. And, you know, the Howard thing is interesting, but that still may not stop Miami from drafting a running back with one of their first, if not the first round pick, maybe the second round pick. But what Miami could do something really, really interesting here is that uh, I think a lot of people are looking at this draft and that they think they're going to draft tour. And, and that could be part one of it, but there's a really, really good chance that Miami not only will draft tour, but draft one of his wide receivers. Um, you know, they have three. NFL type receivers on their on their college roster last year, and a couple of them are going to go early in this draft. Uh, it'd be amazing if they were able to get, let's say, hypothetically a two and then pair them up with Jerry Judy with the 18th pick. I don't know Judy lasts that long. I doubt it. Um, but it, it, their their script has has yet to be written, I believe. And uh, these 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 three first round picks, it's a great draft to have three first round oh, yeah. picks. This is draft that is loaded at wide receiver quarterback couple of good running backs and uh i don't know what, what do you think about their overall outlook for next year or well, this upcoming year so I'm, I'm i'm with six picks in the top 70 in a draft that's loaded with talent that's really exciting so i actually think we could see them bring in like you said a quarterback a running back and a wide receiver you know for the first time how many years we joked around about Devonte parker and last year 
boy, he responded last year, and he was he was an elite. I got I, I think Devontae Parker second half of last season had to be a top five receiver in the NFL, um, fantasy wise. Uh, it was great to see some consistency. We expected a lot of out of him out of college. It never happened, and and last year he really rose. Unfortunately, Preston Williams, the young rookie, he he got a, he had a pretty serious injury. Uh, about midway through the season, but he was actually showing some promise too. Let's not forget Mike Gusecki, the tight end, actually started to have some big games towards the second half of the year as well. So I'm with you. I expect skilled positions to be coming to the Dolphins. I don't disagree either that they're what they've done on defense in a division that doesn't necessarily scare me with 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 tremendous offensive firepower. The Dolphins could, if you ask me right now, knowing what I think is going to happen in the draft. I think there's a chance that the Dolphins are the second place team in this division. Yeah, I mean, I think I just want to say a few things before we move on to the next team is that I love how hard Miami played the last couple of games at the end of last year. They were they were they were not tanking it in. They were not throwing it in. They they weren't looking for the off season. They were playing hard. I think the coach. Um, is responsible yeah, for a was, lot of that. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I just you, you brought up Parker, and you know when he was coming out of Louisville, he looked like an unstoppable force. He he really did. He's a big, fast, strong receiver, and you know it could be one of those things. It could just be one of those things where a young player. And he doesn't realize his talent or doesn't live up to it immediately. And then a light switch goes on. And I'll tell you, if they if they get um, if they get themselves a, a good rookie quarterback and another receiver that can really complement Parker in there, I think Miami can really really make waves on offense uh, in that division. And they they you know they 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 certainly are playing hard enough. Yeah, I, they're they're a good young team, and uh, I like I like the the, the moves they've made, and uh, we're going to see what they do on draft day. Yeah, well, I think that's uh, I think that's a good assessment, and certainly um, the Jets always make things interesting around these parts. Um, you know, they they drafted their marquee quarterback a couple of years ago, and Sam Darnold. You know, you had Mono at the start of the year, like we talked about, but you know they really come into this season. They've tried to build up their offensive line to protect them, um, not necessarily signing anybody that's like really stellar, but trying to bulk it up a little bit. You know, we, you and I both know that offensive line, protecting the quarterback, is an integral part of, of a team's offense, both the passing and the, and the running game. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about Le'Veon Bell last year. He joined them, uh, signed for a lot of money, maybe not fully agreed upon by the coach, and, and Bell kind of had a very mediocre year last year. And whether he has much left in the tank, that remains to be seen. I, I think they have to add a running back, too, because I think their backup running backs are, are, are not the uh, youngest guys. Um, you know, that's one thing I think they could add. But, but I think there's a lot more needs there right now. They, they really don't have it. Losing Robbie Anderson, who was their number one receiver last year. So you're looking at a team with very little receiver help. And, and, and they've got an early pick. And, you know, you mentioned a guy like Jerry Judy. Jets are going to be looking at potentially um, – you know, a, a wide receiver at that spot, too. Uh, hopefully, Darnold can stay on the field this year. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The Jets, I thought, competed okay, um, but, you know, still still fell very short, and, they, and they've got a lot of pieces that they do need to add. They have four picks in the top 80 this year. Yeah, I think 
Uh, so the, the Jets ha- have desperately tried to repair that offensive line. They gave uh, they gave George Fant from Seattle a lot of money, like thirty million dollars. Yeah, and, big uh, money. I think he's, I don't know, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, the, the free agents at that position were not great, and you kind of overpay for a player. I know they, they re-signed um, uh, Alex Lewis um, as well, and they, they brought another lineman from the Broncos, uh, McGovern. But, but you know, the, the, the thing with them is that I think the Jets really should be open for business to make a trade at 11. I mean, to your point... They need they need a few things. They really need they can they can draft a really good offensive lineman with that pick. That would make sense. But I think making a trade where they move down a little bit and accumulating maybe some more picks, I think really the Jets should be open to that. Um they lost Robbie Anderson. They kinda got a like a, a, a you know, like a like a player that's very similar to that in, in Perriman. Yeah, Perriman, so Perriman think, has flashed the last two years at the end of the year. Last year he got his opportunity with the uh, injury to Mike I, Evans, I just, right? I think that his play and, 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 and his best routes that he runs and the type of player he is, I mean, he really kind of does a lot of the same thing Robbie Anderson does. I think Crowder is, is probably more efficient for what the Jets want to do on offense. So I think Perriman will help. Yes, they could do another. They could draft the receiver. Yes, they certainly could need an elite offensive lineman, which they could get with that 11th pick. But I, I think the Jets have to be open for business with that pick and uh, be willing to move down, get a good offensive lineman, maybe further down. The the, the draft is is full of really good receivers. Maybe draft a receiver with the second pick, but try and try and get a few more picks. I mean, they just it just seems like they're more than one or two players away from being a contending team. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement there, and that kind of segues into New England, who who basically now needs players at almost every single position. This is we're talking about a team that was the team to beat not only in the division but in the NFL almost every single year. Obviously, the coach is still there. Uh, their running back uh, contingent is still is still in place, and in, in Sony Michelle, James White, and, and Rex Burkhead. Um, you know, one of the things that 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 was bothersome to Brady is the is the skill positions, and and this team really struggled at the receiver position. I think historically, Bill Belichick's kind of struggled with that position within the draft. But you know, he, he's lost players all over the place on on both sides of the ball, key positions. They've got a lot. This could be a rebuilding year. I don't know what they do at quarterback. They they do have, I think they have four picks in the top hundred, but they basically need something everywhere. So this is a new era that's being uh, ushered in for the New England Patriots. Well, I think I think let's talk what the Patriots have going for them. They still have a very very good defense. I would say even an elite defense. Uh, almost all of those guys, with the exception of you know one or two, have remained. They they they, they resigned several um, you know secondary guys. The key one being McCourty. Um, so th- their defense is good. Um, they certainly want to run the ball more, I think, now. It looks to me like they're going to um, kind of, you know, hand the keys over to, to Stidham here and uh, and kind of see uh, what he's capable of. I, I think he's, you know, I think, I think Jared Stidham is capable 
of being an okay quarterback. He's not going to be elite. He's not going to do anything flashy, but he could be okay. I, I think they, the Patriots really want to um, play a real different style of football now. And I, I just want to say one other thing as far as their draft goes. I'm not taking anything away from Belichick. He's probably the greatest NFL coach in the history of football, an elite defensive coach. But whoever is making those skill position draft picks, especially a wide receiver, they stink. They they really don't know what they're doing. Um, Nikhil Harry is just a horrendous pick. He 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 is really only going to be an inside receiver, and as long as Edelman's playing, he's not going to roam the middle of the field. So he's not an outside receiver. I just the Patriots have just bombed at that position. Um, so an elite defense. Um, a good running game. I, I think that's what they want to do. They just can't mistake, you know, they just can't make mistakes with the football. And uh, when you put basically a, a quarterback with zero experience in there, that, that's going to happen. And I'm not sure uh, if the Patriots have the offensive ability now to come back from games um, against some of those defenses in that division that are going to be much improved. Yeah, I think that's I think that's completely correct. So that's great. All right, so so we'll wrap up the uh, AFC East there and, and move our way into into the North, and uh, we'll start off with the uh, the team obviously, which really had a tremendous season last year. They fell short, uh, losing in the in, in the playoffs early, and that's the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the reigning MVP, and, and Lamar Jackson, who who certainly surprised the heck out of me in terms of what he did at the position. I know you liked him a lot, Brett. Uh, this is a team that's that's well coached. Uh, they've added some really good pieces on defense again. Um, they lost a key player on their offensive line in Marshall Yanda, and uh, you know that, that, that'll have to be addressed in this draft. They do have five picks in the, in the top 105 um, uh, picks of this year's draft, which is, which is pretty nice. I think they'll address both the offensive line and, and, and add another wide receiver. I mean, Marquise Brown is a small player, um, flashes of brilliance, but he's he's not a big guy. Uh, you know, they drafted Boykin last year, didn't really do a heck of a lot. This is a team that really was dependent on their run game between Jackson running for over 1,200 yards, a tremendous year by Mark Ingram, and, and the two guys behind Ingram and Edwards and Justice Hill, also good players, but this was a team that also relied really substantially on, on its tight end, and Mark Andrews had a, had a terrific year. So, so this is a good team that's probably going to get better on offense, um, Lamar Jackson is likely to continue to uh, progress as a quarterback. You know, wh- what are your thoughts on the Ravens coming into this year? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think 2018 was a fair analysis of Lamar Jackson of what he was going to bring to the table. Um, I thought the Ravens kind of just bench Flacco and then just told Lamar Jackson to go in there and run the same offense, but that's not what he does best. And they, to their credit, the coaching staff realized that and they revamped their offense. They're really kind of playing a different game where the, where he, he was a real threat to run the ball and then play action, hitting Andrews down the middle of the field. And then, of course, um, the big plays on occasion to Hollywood Brown. Uh, I think what Baltimore did was, you know, they, they saw <laughs> – uh, Derrick Henry just you know slice slice through them like a like a like a, a you know a hot knife through butter, 
and it kind of like made them have to do a few things. I don't know how thrilled they were, but you know, they they traded the pick to get Clay's Campbell. They also uh, they signed uh, paid thirty million dollars, ten million a year to get blockers from the Rams. So they tried. But that to fell through, right? That, he's he's going he's going back to the Rams. He uh, failed that physical. Oh, he's going back to the Rams. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So they, they they got Campbell in the deal, but. You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure that's going to be enough. To be honest with you, I think, you know, the, the the Ravens were a great team last year, and it's one thing for your defense to have to play when you have a 14, 17, 21 point lead all the time. So the other thing is now all of these teams have another year of film on Lamar Jackson and what they're trying to do. And I think the, you know, the, the game plan is going to be kind of what the Titans did. Like, okay, well, we're not going to let you run the ball. And we're going to just, you know, put a net around you. And you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us. And, uh, you know, I, I I'm not quite sure if he could do that consistently. I think he can um, in, 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 in spots. But I'm not sure throughout a course of a game against a good team, that could score like Kansas City if they're going to be able to match them point for point in that type of game. Uh, but can you can you see them adding um, a receiver? I see them adding a receiver, and I think Justice Hill is going to be. You know, I think Justice Hill is going to be more of a factor this year. I, I just didn't think they 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 got him in there enough, and they used him enough. Yeah, he has to work on his pass protection a little bit more, but I, I think they want to kind of use him, get him in there a little bit more. You know, there's not really much to say about the Ravens. They they are what they are. They're a very, very, very good team. Just the question is, when push comes to shove and the rubber meets the road, are they going to be able to beat an elite team, um, be able to stop the run and score enough points when they need to? Yeah. Yeah. The next two teams that we'll talk about in this division are, are, are really teams in, that come in with in complete disarray. Um, Zach, Tal- Zach Taylor, new head coach last year, they, the Cincinnati Bengals got no breaks whatsoever. You know, their first-round draft pick, Jonah Williams, last year, the offensive lineman, uh, got hurt before the season even started. A.J. Green never touched the field. Um, you know, Mixon had a – all things considered, Mixon, their running back, had, had, had a pretty good year. Dalton is a, is a serviceable NFL quarterback, but he was throwing the ball to nobody. So this is a team – this is a team with, with needs everywhere as well. They spent a little bit of money in free agency on defense, but um, you know they, they come into this draft with the number one pick. Uh, most people expect them to take Joe Burrow with that pick, who had you know one of the greatest seasons, if not the greatest season in the history of co- college quarterbacking. Um, but there's needs all over the place for this team. So you know they don't they have I think they have uh, they have the first pick, the thirty third pick, and I think they have a couple of picks after that, but they're not thick with draft picks here, but this is a team that needs help everywhere. So, what's the good news for the Bengals? Burrow. (laughs) After that, uh, there's there's not much to speak of. I mean, they franchised A.J. Green. I I, I don't know. He's a, you know, he's an, he's, is he an elite receiver? Certainly, but he just seems to have difficulty staying on the field. Certainly like, certainly like Tyler Boyd. He's a really, really good receiver. If those two guys could stay on the field, um, you know, that, 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 that's a nice combination. Mixon's a good player. Um, The Bengals who don't 
spent a dime on free agents. I don't know what the heck happened, but they spent a hundred, almost a hundred million dollars on DJ Reader and, and, and Trey Wayans yep. to shore up that defense. And you know, Reader is a, is a really good run stopper, and you put him with Atkins, their, their run defense, especially up the middle, is going to be good. Trey Wayans is a, is you know a good player. Um, gave him you know almost I think fourteen million a year. Um, so they they they've opened up the bank and paid for two players almost a hundred million dollars. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to have to step in there immediately and and be a productive starter right off the bat. Um, and uh, you know that's what they have going for him—the excitement of the number one pick and a, and a, and a and a and a and a promising young rookie quarterback. The problem is the Bengals are almost picking in the top three, five every single year. Yeah, exactly, and they're not doing a good job of it. So yeah, so let's let, let's hope for the best for them, and and then we move on to the Browns who. The Freddie Kitchens era didn't last very long. I thought it was a terrible decision putting him in a head coach to start. Uh, they made a number of moves in, in, in free agency, um, lost a couple of linebackers on defense, but added guys like Austin Cooper, who had a tremendous year last year for the Falcons at tight end. Uh, so they have two good tight ends because Njuku is still there. I thought an interesting thing, bringing Case Keenum in as the backup quarterback to Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, they re-signed, they brought... Kareem Hunt back, uh, so and you and I, you know, we really like Ch- Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb had a great year last year. Not not necessarily used the right way at times, but he's a really good running back. And you know, the skill positions, you know, guys like Jarvis Landry who did have some offseason surgery, I, Odell Beckham never really found his way. I thought an interesting move uh, that won't get looked at that much, but bringing in the fullback from from Denver and Janovich. So, you know, this is a new coach, Kevin Stefanski. Um, I, I kind of like some of these moves that they, they made, and hopefully they can get some calm and, and, and some proper leadership on the field, and, and, and they could start to turn the corner because there, there is some talent on this roster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, before we talk you know, about this upcoming season, let me, let me just make one comment about the coaching staff from last year. Freddie Kitchens is a – is a is a is a waiter wearing a chef's hat. I mean, <laughs> he, just, he he just has no idea what he's doing, and he just was over his head. The play calling was horrendous. Um, and I, I agree with you. I love bringing in the fullback. They got a two tight end set now. Uh, I don't think Austin Hooper is going to be the fantasy player was last year no. uh, in that type of offense. But I, you know, I I think. It really bodes well for Nick Chubb with this coach. I think he's going to kind of bring in the same thing, same system, same play calling um, that they, he used with the Vikings and, and, and Cook and Madison. And he has Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think his offense is perfectly suited for Nick Chubb. Um, and, you know, I think I think – the problem with the Browns is I think the defense is pretty good, but they were trailing every single game uh, because their offense made so many blunders and mistakes, and Baker Mayfield has got to treat the ball with with more care. I yeah. mean, he, he's got to be so loose with the ball. He's got to stop making mistakes. But I think that offense has enough really good players I love the addition of the fullback. Um, there's talk that at some point the Browns are going to try and really get Trent Williams. That would be yeah, I've heard another, a lot of that. Yep, 
Yeah, and that'll be another tremendous boost. But I think they have a coach who knows what they're doing now. I think they're gonna they understand that Nick Chubb is their best player. And I think they're going to run their offense through him instead of some of those debacles, horrendous three stooger type play calling that was going on last year. So I, I, I like the Browns, and uh, I really like the upgrades in terms of personnel on the coaching staff and as far as the players as well. I love your analogy of a waiter in a chef's hat. I, I thought he belonged on a bass fishing boat personally, but yeah, he. he he really bothered me watching that team. And you and I, like we said, we love Nick Chubb. And he had a good year last year, but God, he was missed. It was sometimes when they were on the goal line, the play calling was just abysmal, just crazy stuff. But uh, but we'll yep. see. And then we'll move on to a team that, that actually has some leadership at the top. And, and Mike Tomlin's coaching job last year, given what happened to that team, uh, another team that kind of hung in there despite a lot of injuries. Um you know, I, I, you and I have talked about Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, had big shoes to fill without a, uh, Antonio Brown being there anymore and, and, and didn't really good, do a good job. And also he was injured last year. Um, but, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is throwing the ball. So Ben's going to be back. James Conner's got to learn to stay on the field as well. I, you know, you, you wonder if in this draft, maybe in, in some of the, maybe on the second and third day, this is a team that actually – looks at another running back uh, to potentially help out in the back. I, I like the young receiver that they drafted last year. Deontay Johnson flashed as well. James Washington came on a little bit. Uh, they signed Eric Ebron, so they have two two decent tight ends. Hopefully Ebron can return to the form that he had two years ago because uh, he was really terrible last year. He, he, he had oven mitts on his hands last year. So Steelers, uh, like I said, they hung in there. They actually still competed potentially for a playoff spot going into the very end of the season despite – a lack of skilled positions. What are you uh, thinking for the Steelers coming into this year? Uh, let's see. The defense, the one advantage that the Steelers have is they not only have one elite pass rusher, they have two guys from either side with Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. It's always a big thing, and it's kind of like a lost art in the NFL that you could really rush the passer with just using like four guys and keeping seven guys back. That's an advantage that Pittsburgh has. Plus, Fitz, um, Fitzpatrick was a big addition too last year. He really he played he really very well. Got me he, he's, a, he's a ball hawk. He, he's all around turnovers. Their offense seems pedestrian to me. Um, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a good player. He, he's not Antonio Brown. And for those people who thought that, oh, Antonio Brown's receptions are all going to go to – it's not it's not how it works. If you don't have other guys on the field that a defense has to worry about, and then you could – kind of like really you focus and pay attention to Juju Smith-Schuster, he's not going to be that guy. He may catch a lot of passes, but he's just not going to be that electrifying big play guy that Antonio Brown was, and, you know. so I, You I like him You like him more as a two, right? I, I love him as a two. I think he can be another one receiver. The problem is, you know, Deontay Johnson's good, and they, they, you know, Vance McDonald is such a pedestrian player, and Ebron is a very inconsistent player. Sometimes he makes great catches. Sometimes he catches ball. He drops balls right in his hand. So he's inconsistent. I don't know what on earth was going on with Connor last year. I know he got banged up and hurt, 
but he he didn't look like the same player to me. Losing Roethlisberger surely hurt him. Defenses were really you know packing the line of scrimmage. But he he's he's got to be that player. But to your point, I, I would not be shocked at all if the Steelers drafted a skill position player, certainly a running back um, that that could make big plays. All right, great, love it. And we're going to move on here, and uh, hope you guys are enjoying the flow. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying this conversation, and, and we're going to get on to probably the team that I don't think perplexes anybody more. I, I, I as a coach, I wonder what's going on in this man's head. Uh, as a general manager, I have no idea what anybody sees in his ability to uh, analyze talent. But the Houston Texans, who kind of teased us a little bit over the years. They have an they have a elite quarterback. They have some elite defenders, but boy oh boy, they had a off season to remember trading tra- trading away their best offensive player in DeAndre Hopkins, who is also a teammate of Deshaun Watson. I don't see this going anywhere this year. I'm extremely concerned. They bring in a running back who's not been able to stay on the field and whose skills have diminished in David Johnson. Uh, you know, I know they made some additions on defense, but I really worry about this quarterback. And he, he made some cryptic tweets um, in, 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 the, in the last couple of weeks post, post these trades. I don't like anything that I see in Houston. They, ha- they have a fragile receiving core. They don't have an elite tight end, and they don't have any real skill at the running back position. So I'm in awe of what happened uh, in, uh, in free agency there. Yeah, I thought the trade was horrendous. I remember, you know, telling you right after the trade, I don't know how they're going to break the news to Deshaun Watson about that trade. Um, he, he, he certainly, I mean, I don't know if he was he knew about it prior, but I, I just knew that he was going to be unhappy about that. Um, you know, the problem is now who are their best two offensive players? Okay, it's 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 Will Fuller and it is David Johnson, two players that. I don't even know when the last time they both played a, a, a full season. They seem to be fragile players. They're good players. But, you know, Will Fuller, you know, if you look at that offense now, you know, he, Will Fuller is the perfect complementary receiver. Um, he He's not a guy that can be a number one receiver. He drops the ball going back to his days at Notre Dame. He was that player, a great, you know, skills tremendous speed can make you know big touchdown passes but drops the ball a lot and i don't know about you but that will fuller they got Kenny stills, stills and they added randall, randall cobb who doesn't have much left that you know he had an okay cobb, year last year Kute, uh fells uh, jordan thomas jordan Aikens. Yeah. it's it's not it's it, it doesn't look wonderful to me and uh uh, I don't, I, you know, and then, and then you have a great player. And by the way, when I said the two offensive players, best offensive players, certainly I wasn't including Deshaun Watson in that. And I, you know, when you have an unhappy Watson, I, I'm not sure what is going to happen. Uh, but I certainly agree with you. It, it's, it's one of those situations where it just seems to be making perplexing move after perplexing move. And, uh, I'm not really high on the Texans this year. And the other thing is they have no draft capital. They traded away their first-round pick for Tunsil. Um, and, you know, their first pick in the draft is around number 40. You know, I would you know, hopefully they pick up one of these 
receivers in this draft that you know they're going to need a little bit more of a physical guy. And I don't, they're not going to get any of the elite guys, you know, that 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 we've been looking at, you know, coming into the season. But yeah, I don't like what I see, and I don't like what I see on the field too. This, that, by the way, with the talent that they assembled last year, did you know that the the Texans only scored over thirty points one time last year? That's just that's mind boggling to me. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 poor. So I, I really worry about that. And then, you know, we'll move on to the, the, the Colts who who did not get good quarterback play uh, last year. I, I think they're well coached. I think they have some interesting um, – they, they certainly have the best offensive line, uh, one of the best offensive lines in football. They started every single game. I was very impressed. The whole unit started every single game. So that's a very important thing to have. I really do worry. They added Phillip Rivers, who's worked with uh, Frank Reich before, but Phillip Rivers really – the decision making and the throws was so bad last year. He really, really had a rough year. If he can somehow return to the form that he had the year before, then, then that's great. Um, you know, they have some some skill player needs as well. I think at the receiver position, they drafted Paris Campbell last year, young guy, fast guy out of Iowa State. He couldn't stay on the field. Ty Hilton had massive injury problems last year. I think the running backs are interesting. Uh, Marlon Mack played well uh, again. He's got to stay healthy. Naheem Hines. Could be one of the more interesting guys in this roster just because of kind of the way a guy like Rivers utilizes a running back. You look at what he did last year with um, a guy like uh, Austin Eckler. So I like the offensive line. I like the coaching staff here. They don't have a first-round pick. Um, they've got three picks between like 35 and 75. Um, they added a really good defensive player in Buckner uh, and re-signing Costanzo to keep that offensive line. You know, I, do you kind of agree with me on Rivers uh, that we need to see him kind of show up again? You know, they sign him to a a one year deal. You know, he's moving he's moving to a to a, to a new city uh, after being in uh, San Diego slash L A for all these years. What's your thoughts on uh, on the Colts? So uh, the Colts did something you very rarely see. They just traded a top. They traded the 13th pick for a player straight up. It's very rare you see a trade like that. So obviously the thinking was they're not going to get a player with 13 on the defensive line as good as Buckner. Is that a fair analysis? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Uh, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a fair analysis. What did the Colts have going for them? Well, they have the best offensive line in football. I mean, you said, you know, one of the best, I don't even think it's, it's a question. Their offensive line is, is, is terrific. They made sure they kept it intact by resigning uh, Costanzo for for a two year contract around thirty million dollars. Um, I didn't like what I saw out of Philip Rivers. Yes, he's going from a horrible offensive line to a tremendous offensive line. Definitely. What I didn't like is. The plays last year where the pocket was clean and he was able to step up and throw the ball, he couldn't get the ball out to his receivers. And he, has, he had really, really good receivers um, playing for him with the Chargers last year. So that's a concern. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, my goodness, the reason the ball was being held up is because he was playing in windy, cold conditions. He was playing in beautiful, sunny conditions out there. So... He's been playing indoors. The short passing game they want to do, certainly, they certainly want to include 
Mack and Hines in a two-back system, get them both involved in the game. That'll certainly help them. I think similar to the Bills with what they have seen of the Patriots, I think the Colts are looking at that division and saying, okay, we have a real chance here. Our window is short. We're going to give Rivers this kind of money. Um, He's certainly not expecting to be playing for more than another year or two. We think we could win the division now, make the playoffs. And I I think that's fair. I think with that offensive line, that's the, the most important thing, I think, in football, being so good compared to these other teams in that division, I, I think the Colts uh, certainly are, are, the, are the favorite, in my opinion, in that division. And uh, I just think they need Rivers to make some plays. Uh, he didn't look like he was able to make last year, but he's going to have to make some of those plays. But uh, yeah, I think in addition last else, year, last year though, in addition to him not making plays, he also turned the ball over a lot. Just short armed so many passes. It was it was tough to watch last year. Tough to watch. Yeah, it was, and, and just one other thing. I think I think Jack Doyle is gonna, you know, with with Ebron moving on. Oh yeah. Um, so we 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 saw, um, we saw what Philip Rivers certainly, you know, uh, by no means am I comparing Jack Doyle to Antonio Gates, but even with the, a young player like Hunter Henry, you see that he really wants to throw the ball out to his running backs. He really wants to throw the ball short to his tight end. So I, I think there's good news and bad news for Doyle. The good news, I think he's in for a lot of targets. The bad news, he runs like a turtle with a piano on his back. <laughs> Do you think the kid, uh, the basketball former basketball player, I mean, they've talked him up a little bit. Mo Ali Cox, um, athletic guy. Yeah, I think he, I think he's interesting. I think his block is a little yeah. suspect, and if he misses a block and Rivers takes a big hit, big hit, I could see him like being bent for like a month. But I, I, I think, I think you know, the, the Colts realize what their window is, and uh, I think they don't have any, you know, uh, any, any, any crazy ideas about Philip Rivers playing for more than a year or so. So I think they're, you know, I think to their credit, they realize they're just not going to win with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. So and I know, you know, we, think, didn't, uh, we, we didn't even mention Andrew Luck, which I, which I, which is still a stunning event, which took place last year when he announced his retirement. And, and you know, he, he deserves to do what he wants to do. And, and certainly he was a guy that unfortunately just took so many hits early in his career. And, you know, he's a cerebral guy. He made a he made a, a life decision and what a very, very talented football player. I really miss not seeing him on the field for them last year. But yeah, they, they, they tried to piecemeal things together. But you know, let's they still do have talent on this roster and if they can add a few players like like you said, Buckner's a really good defender. Leonard, you know, they have some defensive players here. They, they, this team could win this division very easily. Very easily. I agree. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. And and and, and it brings us to a team that I was really surprised. They were two years ago. They were one series away from being in the Super Bowl. I mean, so much has happened. And it happened there. It's a defense that has just absolutely collapsed. Uh, trading away, you know, their 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 Jalen Ramsey last year, who caused a lot of uh, problems. They signed Nick Foles. He's gone now. AJ Bouye, the secondary guy, is gone. They got prop. They lost Campbell and Gakwe is is looking for a trade right now. This team has a lot of picks. They have two first-round picks in 9 and 20. They have the 42nd and the 73rd pick as well. Um, they added a, a tight end in Tyler Eifert who really hasn't done anything. 
Uh, this receiving core is interesting. DJ Shark really came on last year. He had, a, he had a good year. Doug Marone talked him up at the beginning of the year, and he he stepped up to the plate. Um, D.D. Westbrook's a good little um, a good little player as well, and they also have Chris Conley there. So, and Leonard Fournette. Let's face it, he he was a workhorse back for them. I was a I was a naysayer on Leonard Fournette, but he came to play last year, and he was a big part of that offense. Probably needs a little bit of help behind him. Uh, but let's go to the top, too, where, you know, they like I said, they brought in Foles. He's gone now. Gardner Minshew has the keys. Is this a team that could go a quarterback? I think we've talked a little bit pre-draft about that ninth pick. Depending on how things happen in front of them, what do the Jaguars do? I think this is one of the more interesting teams, but they've got some rebuilding to do. And they're giving the keys to Doug Marone, who is, you know, on the doorstep of getting uh, getting moved, removed from his position. And uh, But... But he's in, he's at at the helm again for this season. I mean, they, oh, let's look at their offseason trade. They made two trades in the offseason, right? They traded Campbell, Clay's Campbell to the Ravens. They got a fifth round pick. I mean, well, Clay's Campbell's towards the end of his career. It's not really great value. A fifth pick. Nick Foles fourth round to the Bears for a fourth round pick. Okay, value. I, I'm not the biggest. Gardner Mitchell fan, to be completely honest. I know a lot of people, you know, are very excited. He's loose with that football. He, he, I don't think he has tremendous pocket awareness either. I think the Jags in nine, to me, really should be similar to the Jets. They really have to be open to business, see what somebody will really try and do to move up to that spot. I think they can be in business for a... Uh, they could be, they could be in business for a quarterback if something crazy happened with the first five or six picks, and a player was available at nine, but they didn't think was going to be available. But uh, you know, they, they they need some help, and uh, probably you know see them drafting a defensive player. Um, I, I think unless something. I think I think if, if one of those quarterbacks were available, they thought were not going to be available in nine. Maybe they would take that player. But I think otherwise they're going to just take the best defensive player available. Um, that makes sense to me. And what really makes the most sense is if you know they listen to some offers to try and accumulate some more draft picks because. Uh, as you said, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty on both sides of the football. Yeah, I think like you, I mean, you look at Minshew, they, they really ended up going conservative. You know, he ended up only throwing six interceptions uh, and he had 21 touchdowns, but his yards per attempt was really short, only seven yards per attempt. So they And they pulled back significantly. I think in the last five games, he only broke 200 yards one time, and that was in week 17 when, when nobody was really playing. So I, I have my worries there. So it would be interesting to see what happens. But, but before that was an interesting player last year. Um, you know, can you replicate that? He was a workhorse last year, big time workhorse. I mean, I just want to say one other thing about the offensive players. Uh, yeah, Fournette was was really really good last year. But I just want to say, like, some of those offensive numbers, especially Sharp. Um, I don't know. Some of it seems superficial to me that it just seemed that the Jags were in this game, but they were down by 14, 21 points almost every game, and they were throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing. 
I mean, I think for a guy like Didi Westbrook to be effective in the middle of the field, they need some a receiver that could really be a big play receiver to help him work the middle of the field. And I, I just don't know about Gardner Minshew. I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, but uh, there, there are a lot of question marks. And I think the Jags with the ninth pick, <clears throat> they may be the most interesting team what they're going to do, as you mentioned, uh, certainly you know in the top ten picks for sure. All right, awesome. And uh, the final team in this division was the team that made the most noise last year in the division. That was the Tennessee Titans, well coached by Mike Vrabel. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was a tremendous story after uh, they pulled the cord on, on, on Marcus Mariota. And, you know, Tannehill, give him credit. He took a chance uh, signing this deal, uh, you know, last year. Uh Parlayed it into a really big deal this year, and you know he's back at at the helm. You know Derek Henry is back. We 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 know his accolades from last year. This is a true workhorse back. Um, so Derek Henry will be back at the running back position. Um, I know a player that you really loved who flashed a lot, especially once Mariota was out of there, and that's AJ Brown at the receiver position. You know, late in the season, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from him late in the season than I did. But you know, it's he's a rookie. Rookie walls do get hit, but this is a this is a guy that has a potential to take that next step up. Corey Davis is a young guy there, um, good player. I, I I like the young tight end, uh, the two tight ends that they have there. Uh, Fersker as more of a blocker, and, and and I think John Smith is a really athletic kid. Adam Humphreys was really hurt all, all last year in the second half of the year. Uh, this team could still be a, you know a noisemaker. They lost one of their key offensive linemen in Conklin, so they've got a. They've got to try to do something there. They, they, they don't have a pick till very late in the first round. I think they only have three picks in the top 100. So they've got to address a few positions. But obviously the, the key points here, Henry back, Tannehill back, and A.J. Brown, it looks like he's ready to take the next step up. Yeah, I love I love what the Titans did. They realized if you really want to get production and the most out of Henry is when you go play action, make big plays in the passing game. That's the best way to use Henry. Run him, run him, run him, run him. And then when you go play action, don't throw these seven-yard passes that Mariota was throwing. Try and make big plays in the passing game. They did that. I love the heart of their offensive line. You mentioned earlier that Nick Chubb almost won the rushing title. Well, the reason Nick Chubb didn't win the rushing title is because in the last game of the year, the Titans' offensive line got together in the fourth quarter, and they they said, like, Derrick Henry needs 80 yards to win his rushing title here. We're going to run the ball every single play, and we're going to get in his rushing title. And meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns offensive line is completely clueless, the coaching staff. So it's really credit to how great of a player I think Nick Chubb is. But I love the offensive line and the heart that the Titans showed. Really team players. You know, can Tannehill repeat that? I think he can. I think, you know, with Derrick Henry being there, they franchised him. Um, you know, and, and, and A.J. Brown, I think, is going to be an elite receiver he is like a giant locomotive. He looks to me like like Anquan Bolden. Yeah, um, that was a great. That's a, a great giant, great analogy. He he's like a giant guy who catches everything, and then when you see him in the open field, you're thinking, "How could a guy that big run that fast?" But if you pull up some of his highlights last year, he's unbelievable. But he, he did run a four four nine forty. Uh, in his in his forty combine, so he is fast, 
and yeah, I really love that player. I like what you said about their, you know, their tight ends, their offensive line. As far as their defense goes, I don't know. They signed Vic Beasley. What does he have left in the tank? Um, you know, I think their defense oh, they, is uh, okay. They lost a couple of teams. I mean, I, I think if you look at that division with Jacksonville just being completely a mess on both sides of the football, the, the trades and the turmoil that the Texans in are in, I think the Colts and the Titans are the clear one-two punch in that division. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. All right, so let's uh, let's wind today down with the final division, the AFC West, and uh, it's not a division. Obviously, it's a division that has the defending Super Bowl champions in it. They're, they were actually one of the quieter teams, and with good reason. But uh, you know, we'll start we'll we'll start uh, with the Denver Broncos, who who do have. Uh, Early, uh, you know, five picks in the first. Uh, I think five picks in the first ninety. Uh, so they have uh, they have some picks coming into this. Um, they've lost. They had a couple of subtractions and a couple of uh, additions. Of Joe Flacco is gone. Derek Wolf is gone. Chris Harris is gone. McGovern's gone. They had Glasgow. Melvin Gordon. They signed uh, from the Chargers, which is a little bit of a head scratcher given Philip Lindsay is there alongside um, of uh, Royce Freeman. Uh, AJ Bouye comes in here. They got Jarrell Casey from Tennessee. I like that move. Um, yeah, defense. This team. This team still has a decent defense. Um, I think they need another playmaker. Noah Fant, who really showed us a few times last year uh, with his athleticism, can do on the field. Um, same. Same could be said. Cortland Sutton had a very strong year. I still think there's question marks around Drew Locke. You know, he was hurt to start the year, uh, but now. He's he's got the keys, um, so he's going to be quarterback in this team. Um, yeah, what do you what what are your thoughts uh, on the Broncos, Brett? I think they you know it's it's funny you see John and Elway say the reason we signed Melvin Gordon is now in today's football you want to have two good backs. Well, what are you saying? What are, what are you saying about Royce Freeman? You took him with an early pick, so right off the bat you're calling a pick that you've taken with one of your you know early draft picks not a good back. I thought that was funny. It just goes to show that sometimes you could be a great player of football, but not really be a good talent evaluator. He's shown that over and over again with a, a lot of bad picks. I personally do like Drew Locke. I like what he showed last year. Uh, I think the Broncos are in desperate need of another receiver. Desperate um, in this in the, in this draft. They pick. They, they pick. Uh, they pick. They're at fifteen, yeah. right? They pick fifteenth, I think, if I'm not mistaken. They're in the middle of this round, so there's there's going to be a couple of players that they can look at in this draft that uh, potentially could help them. I, I kind of like Noah Font. I mean, I think I think. He's never going to be a good blocker. No. He, he just isn't. Uh, he tries, but he's not really a good blocker. But he, he's he's a, going to be a very, very good receiving tight end. So they're okay with there. Obviously, they, they're going to give Locke a chance here. They got the two backs that they like. Sutton looks like a good player, even though he drops you know passes he probably shouldn't. But he, he's a good player. I think they desperately need... You know, just two things. I mean, they need a wide receiver, and they really need to shore up some of that secondary stuff after losing uh, losing Harris. That's for sure. 
Yeah, and it's a division, obviously, with the Chiefs in it, and we'll, we'll go to the Chiefs right now, defending Super Bowl champions. Brett and I are uh, our president and, uh, and vice president of the Pat Mahomes fan club. We, we, we certainly love the player. He's, he, you know, he got hurt early in the year. We saw that dislocated knee, and he came back from that, took him to the title, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a very, very special player who they're going to pay a lot of money to someday in the very near future. And there's a lot of, still a lot of talent around this player. Um, hopefully Tyreek Hill, who is a, you know, before that Super Bowl, actually, Tyreek Hill, I don't think had a hundred yard game in seven or eight games before the Super Bowl. Um, you know, a special player that dealt with some off field stuff last year and he was hurt on and off. We know Travis Kelsey is an elite tight end. They have a good offensive line. Damian Williams has really stepped up as a, as a, as a playmaker, as a running back. And, you know, I think Damian Williams has something like, 10 or 13, between 12 and 13 touchdowns in the postseason in the last two years. Really amazing stuff. You and I both like Darwin Thompson. We think he's he's got some potential back there as a second running back. This is a team that didn't make a lot of noise. Uh, Sammy Watkins is probably the one guy who doesn't know if he wants to play again, and, and certainly they're not going to pay him a lot of money. He had He literally had one big week, and that was in week one. And then he showed up in the Super Bowl with a big catch late in the game. Um, but this is a team that's, you know, again, they're going to be picking late because of the champions. So they, they've only got three picks in the top 100. Um, but they have a, they, they come back with a fairly uh, stocked uh, cupboard. Um, you know, do you think this is a team that needs to add another playmaker? Could they do something at running back in the second round or, or in the third day? What's, what's your thoughts on the Chiefs, Brett? I think they kind of as advertised. I mean, I think like you said, you know, the majority, the main parts of their roster are coming back. As far as Tyree Kill goes, you got to remember, he missed about a month. Then Patrick Mahomes is out. Then it took them probably some time to get in sync after they were both back. <clears throat> so as far as overall stats, probably doesn't look great, but he's certainly, you know, poised for <clears throat> another great year. Probably expect a lot more out of a player that you haven't mentioned yet. McCole Hardman is probably going to get more involved in the offense. Uh, another big play guy. Demarcus Robinson is solid. I think, you know, they they may take a running back. But I think kind of Darwin Thompson is kind of in the same type of situation as Justice Hill. Yeah, that's fair. Where, we, and we really like both those players last year. He's a guy who was like kind of used and the team's got in these situations, but you know, certainly, you know, both explosive players, two players that we actually had big bidding wars on last oh, yeah. year, those two players. But I, yeah, they kind of remind me of the same situation. The one thing I would look at is if Andy Reid uses one of those precious picks on an offensive skill player, that's something always to keep in mind. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, Reid, Reid is an innovative playmaker. I mean, we see the play calling that he's had, and I'm super happy for him last year getting the getting the Super Bowl win. But yeah, I, I think... I, so Hardman's an interesting one to me because when you look at it last year, how many lines did we see where he would have one or two catches for like 60 or 70 yards? I think he probably did like four or five times last year. So to get him more involved, I know he's a slighter player. Um, but yeah, Demarcus Robinson, like you said, they re-signed him. So yeah, who knows what they end up doing. But I think another playmaker would, you know, Andy Reid can always use a playmaker. So so I I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, not much else to say. I mean, they 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 uh, 
they they franchise Chris Jones. I mean, there's not there's not really there's not really much to say. Um, so we could just kind of like uh, move on, I guess, to the next team. Yeah, and that's uh, a team that's got a new home this year. That stadium looks really uh, incredible, and it's the it's now the Las Vegas Raiders. We got to get used to saying that. Um, John Gruden back. Mike Mayock, I thought, had a pretty good draft last year uh, on a couple of fronts. Probably not exactly. Early on, but Josh Jacobs, yes, but uh, a couple of his late picks, like Max Crosby, ended up being a pretty good pick for them. Um, this is a team void, I think, of receiving talent. Um, you know, they kind of plug and played with guys like Zay Jones and Tyrell Williams last year. Hunter Renfro had a couple of interesting games. I like I like that player. I think that player will continue to make noise. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at the top. I'm not sold that this team believes in Derek Carr. Uh, they did sign Marcus, Marcus Mariota, uh, the former uh, no, you know, first-round pick and, and, and the Tennessee quarterback. I don't know if they even look at a quarterback. And Gruden's not notoriously a, um, a, a, a young quarterback guy. Um Really special talent, um, athletically, who who really showed last year that he could do some great things, and that was Darren Waller, who had over a thousand yards receiving. We got to enjoy watching him on a week to week basis. They bring in some leadership with Jason Witten. I'm not sure how much he adds, uh, you know, from a from a production standpoint, but certainly on the leadership standpoint in that cl- in that clubhouse, that'll that'll be very good. This this is a team with a good offensive line. It should definitely revolve around Josh Jacobs. Um, they have a lot of draft picks. They have two first, two two team, two in the first round, and they have a lot of late draft picks in the in, in the third and fourth rounds. Um, they added a lot of guys on defense in the preseason, so I, I think the two positions that this team will look at they they probably are a little short at linebacker, and and I think that I think definitively they're adding a wide receiver. So uh, why don't you take it from there, Brett? Yeah, I mean the Raiders have kind of what you really want from a starting point. They have a really, really good, tough, young running back, and they have a really, really good young tight end. In addition to that, they have uh, Hunter Renfro, who did a lot of good things last year. I kind of like him. Um, you know, with with Gruden and Mayock, they seem to have a pulse. I I think their their free agent picks last year were kind of hit and miss. You know, some of them were good. Some of the defensive picks, I mean, weren't great. I mean, I know that they love, absolutely love Trayvon Mullen, their cornerback, and they were desperate to do what Miami did. They had a really really good young cornerback and they tried to get like Byron Jones they lost out to the Dolphins they tried to get Chris Harris they lost out on him and then they even couldn't get Darius Slay and they ended up with Eli Apple Um, so it wasn't quite what they wanted to do at that position to shore up their secondary but there's a lot of things to like about the Raiders I'm going to make a really, really early prediction on something. Um, I got a feeling Mariota is going to, at some point, take over that starting quarterback position. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold that they actually – they've said all the right things publicly about Carr, but you get – got to remember when pre, pre-coaching, you know, Gruden was running those uh, – you know, he was doing that football, the quarterback previews every year for ESPN – and, you know, there's something that tells me that something clicks with him 
with with the with the player. And I think Marcus Mariota's confidence was was really shot by the end of his tenure in Tennessee. So I'm not going to disagree with that at all. And I'm not sold. Um, I'm not sold on Carr. Unfortunately, you know, Carr's really never bounced back from that terrible leg injury that he had. He's just been very very pedestrian. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think I think your point about you know Mariota is you know. Sometimes a scene of change, uh, you know, change of scenery. Um, we saw what happened at Tannehill. Uh, you know, I think Mariota did lose his confidence. The coaching staff lost their confidence in the player. Um, the one thing that he does that I know Gruden really, really loves is he doesn't make mistakes in the red zone. No, he doesn't. Um, careful with the football. He is conservative, but he won't make bad plays. Also, he's a much, much better runner than than Carr is. So. I really wouldn't be, you know, surprised at all if Mariota at some point uh, overtook him and, and became the starter there. All right. Good stuff. And uh, we're down to the final team in the AFC. Um, this has been, like I said, a lot of fun. We're really moving nicely here, but we're talking about the Los Angeles Charters who are coming into this with uh, Philip Rivers not being at the helm for the first time in a long time. Um they're still pretty talented at the skill positions. You know, guys like Keenan Allen, they brought Hunter Henry back. You know, Mike Williams didn't really get in the end zone the way I thought he would get in the end zone. Uh, previously, I think a lot of that is due to some poor play on uh, not only by him, but, but the quarterback not getting him the ball. Austin Eckler was, ended up being real special out of the backfield. I'm not, I'm not sure that he's an every-down guy. Um, you know, they could look to add someone in the later rounds, but... Tyrod Taylor is certainly not the answer. So, you know, the Chargers have the sixth pick in the draft. Um, I got to believe they're looking at a quarterback, you know, something that we haven't talked about yet. But there's a couple of very talented players who are coming off of either injuries or questionable performances, guys like uh, Cam Newton and and, uh, Jameis Winston, for example. This team is not going to win, you know, get to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. I think, you know, I almost feel like we're looking at a situation that could parallel what happened to Taylor when he was with the Browns two years ago. So, you know, again, I like Keenan Allen's a special player. They they do have some skill position talent Um, on defense. They've got some good players. This is a team that won 12 games two years ago, and last year they couldn't get out of their way. Um, You know, they added Chris Harris. Uh, They still have some good players on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so yeah, can the Chargers put some leadership in place at the quarterback position and, and do they do it with going with a veteran guy or do they do this in this draft? Um, I think the Chargers have certainly a playoff team and even maybe a roster that, that, that can win games in the playoffs. They're not going to do that with Tyrod Taylor. You're not going to have a playoff game, Tyrod Taylor going against Patrick Mahomes and expect to win that football game. Um, the, the, the Chargers need a quarterback. I don't know if that will come with one of the three remaining quarterbacks out there. Uh, well, two of them, I mean, Cam Newton and Winston, and I don't think Andy Dalton is going to remain on the Bengals. So I think eventually he'll be released or certainly available. Um, I don't know if one of those three players will end up on the Chargers, but I'm certain of two things. One is that the Chargers will either sign one of those three players or they will draft a quarterback early in the draft. And the other thing I'm certain about 
is with their number six pick, they were either going to take a quarterback or the best offensive lineman in the draft. Those are, those, that, those are two things that I'm confident of. Um, they have a playoff roster. Uh, Linville Joseph from the Vikings, they signed to shore up the run game. And then when you combine that with Bosa and, and Melvin Ingram on the outside rushing the passer, that's a good defense, and they have good players in the secondary as well. Yeah, they brought Harrison, uh, right? They brought Harrison. They made the trade for uh, you know, they, Trey Turner have, on, have, on the have, line. They have good players. They have they have good players. I mean, Casey Hayward is a good player. Desmond King is a good player. Uh, they have players on defense. Um, so I, I think their roster is certainly a playoff team. They need to do something with quarterback, and I don't know if it's going to be one of those veteran guys, but their first pick, that number six overall pick, has got to be either a quarterback who they love or the best offensive lineman. No no other position makes any kind of sense for them uh, at that position. I'm in agreement. Now, certainly, you you and I made a trade at the beginning of last, before the season started last year where I picked up Eckler, and he he had the benefit of Melvin Gordon being out for a while. Do you think – do you think Eckler can can hold up carrying the load, or do you still see him as a guy that's going to cut? Because I still think he needs to share the load a bit, and and so that's why I think that maybe later on in in day two or three they they do address with some help at the running back position. What are your thoughts there? I don't think the Chargers are worried in the slightest about running back. They they have two good young running backs that they like both. Justin Jackson is going to be a good player in this league. He just wasn't given the chance. He was hurt. Then Melvin Gordon. I think the, the Chargers realize they're fine at running back. Can they draft a running back with one of their picks later on? Yeah, I could see that. But they're going to address offensive line and quarterback first. And if they go into the season with uh, you know a one-two punch of Exler and Justin Jackson, um, They'll be they'll be okay with that. They'll they'll be fine with it, and their team will be fine with it. Just you know, another offensive lineman, and then getting a quarterback in there, either one of those veterans or a rookie quarterback that they think over the season can 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 be ready to really really play well come the end of the season. So. I think that's about it, right? Yeah, awesome. This is this was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed doing this much more than looking at the television that uh, that we've been looking at the staring at the news all day uh, of late. Um, we're going to try to whether we do when we whether we go back to our kind of beginner series. We're definitely going to do the NFC. This was a lot of fun. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, definitely really helpful to kind of re-energize ourselves, and then we're also going to probably do some uh, pre-draft stuff too. So, Brett. Thanks very much for, uh, for for a fun hour and 15 minutes, and uh, yes. we look forward to catching Sorry, up with everybody again. Uh, great. Yep. All right, everybody. Have a great day.